Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Luna Love of the Podcast acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded the Araqual people of the Bunjalung Nation, and pays respects to elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to Luna Love of the Podcast. I'm your host, Jordana Levine, and we've got a bit of a mixed bag of stuff to discuss in this podcast episode. We are currently in between eclipses. We had the April solar eclipse last week, and next week we have the Scorpio lunar eclipse. In this week's subscriber episode, so the bonus episode for Luna Lover subscribers, we discuss the significance of this period in between, yeah, this this moment in between, as well as exploring the significance of both the North Node and the South Node within the natal chart, but also the role that they play in the eclipses. If you're keen to hear that, you can subscribe to Luna Lover for as little as $8 a month, and you just have to click the link in the show notes of this episode to do that. Now, because there's nothing particularly significant happening astrologically this week I mean there is one thing it happened on Tuesday we're probably feeling the effects of it it was the sun conjunct north node again that's all in the subscriber episode um and and of course we have mercury retrograding through Taurus we have the Taurus season episode you can listen to that episode too I will link it in the show notes of this episode oh my god where am I going with this I'm winging this episode today, just so you know. Um, so let's hope it goes well. <laughs> I Okay, where am I? Let me get my head back together. Because there's nothing particularly massive happening that I need to dedicate a whole episode to, I thought in this episode we could talk a little bit about astrology in general and what I'm really trying to achieve with this podcast I want you to feel empowered when you listen to this podcast. I want you to absorb knowledge, discern whether or not it feels true to you, and then walk away and contemplate how you can use that information to evolve, grow, and feel lit up by it. I think what I've noticed, I mean, I've always noticed, but it's really been in my face a lot lately (laughs) is the amount of fear around astrology. What does this transit mean for me? Does this placement in my natal chart mean I'm doomed? And, you know, it's just not the case at all. I practice evolutionary astrology 
And the idea behind it is that we use the knowledge of astrology to evolve as a soul here on earth. We learn, we grow, we meet challenges, we overcome them or work through them. We feel aligned, we meet an obstacle, we discover new parts of ourselves, we learn another lesson, we expand from that and so on and so forth. I've also, <laughs> I sound like I'm just plugging subscriber episodes. I promise I'm not. Um, but I have done a subscriber episode on this as well. Um, if you want to know a little bit more about that. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is there is no good or bad in astrology. There are no good or bad placements in your natal chart. There are no good or bad transits and nothing that you cannot overcome. Astrology should empower you, bring more self-awareness, encourage growth and guide you towards your potential. This is a really good time to reflect and ask yourself, do I approach astrology with fear and scarcity? And I want you to be honest with yourself. And it's not your fault if you do. Yeah. I personally used to be very dramatic, if you can believe that, especially about Mercury retrograde. Um, oh, and my myriad of Gemini placements. I was like, woe is me. I'm so Gemini. I was terrified of my Saturn return, like in the lead up to my Saturn return. And you got to remember, like I had astrology vocabulary in my life from the womb, uh, mum warned me of my Saturn return when I was too young to know what a Saturn return was. And so I had fear about the approach of it, right? And if I had an opportunity to blame something on a planet, oh, you bet your bottom dollar I would. <laughs> so if that is you, that's okay. But we are changing track, right? If you listen to this podcast, I feel like you probably dig my vibe and my vibe is not doom and gloom and victim mentality when it comes to astrology. Now that I'm older and wiser and more informed, the 5-1 projector in me wants to guide you towards a movement within astrology where we quit playing the victim and look at natal placements and transits as opportunities to know ourselves deeper and explore our potential more. There is so much fear on the internet that is probably not breaking news for you. Um, even some of my most favorite astrologers sometimes post things that are so, what's the word, like so absolute in their delivery. For example, with the recent shift of Saturn into Pisces, there's been a lot said about degrees one to seven of the mutable signs experiencing a real sense of restriction, setbacks, frustration, insecurity, and fear. If you're like confused and you're like, what do those degrees have to do with it? Basically, throughout 2023, Saturn has just moved into Pisces. It's going to cover those first seven degrees of Pisces. So if you have a... Um, prominent placement in the mutable signs, which are Gemini, Sagittarius, Pisces, and Virgo. And that sign is at the first seven degrees. This is what all of this information is talking about, right? But what gets me so upset about 
hearing things like, oh, you've, if you've got these placements, then in 2023, you know, you're going to experience restriction and setbacks and frustration and insecurity and feel all the things I just said, is I'm not really sure how that's helpful. How does knowing that help you? I have personal skin in the game here. <laughs> I should probably be upfront about that. Um, my moon is at four degrees Virgo, meaning according to the delivery of these doomsday astrologers, in 2023, my emotional self will feel restricted, challenged, frustrated, insecure, and fearful. Now, I could collapse into tears and feel defeated thinking that nothing emotionally abundant or rewarding will come my way in 2023. Then before you know it, my thoughts begin to align with that. Yeah. My thoughts are like, oh, I'm not going to experience anything abundant this year. I'm going to feel restricted. I'm going to be challenged at every corner. And then once my thoughts begin to align with that, my feelings begin to align with those thoughts. I start taking subconscious actions that support that. And I have no sense of trust or surrender because I'm in fear. Can you see what's happening here? I've manifested the astrological prediction. Instead, I choose to look at my moon being square Saturn and go, hmm, okay, there might be times this year when I'm presented with some emotional lessons. What an excellent opportunity to break out of old patterns. What a beautiful reminder to slow down and not push through something to the point of frustration. And what if instead I tried something new or perhaps pivoted? If insecurity is expected to be a theme, it would be good to have a consistent self-practice that nourishes my feelings of security within myself. Can you see how it's really about changing your perspective, right? If we go into it scared, if we go into it as the victim it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If your Saturn is in Pisces and you are anticipating your Saturn return this year or next year, entering into a Saturn return in a state of fear is not going to help at all. All right. Instead, look at this time as a really incredible opportunity to Meet lessons with an open mind and a willingness to accept and step into them rather than resist and turn your back. I am of the opinion that all of us know when we're repeating unhelpful patterns, making decisions that debilitate our growth and so on. I actually had a client the other day who had absolutely aced her Saturn return in Aquarius I won't mention details, so she's unidentifiable, but within the space of the length of Saturn in Aquarius, she had gotten engaged, married, and divorced. Also the same person, obviously. (laughs) Now, you might look at that and go, hmm, that doesn't sound like a success to me, but it was. She was in a relationship that was not great, that had progressed into an engagement, And she felt too far in to say no. And yes, even at that point, she knew in her heart it was not right for her. 
But then before she knew it, they were married and she hadn't had the courage to leave. There were lots of factors at play here. I won't go into them because that is none of our business. But she was unhappy in her marriage, even though she knew there'd be repercussions to a divorce. They also worked together, FYI. She knew what was right for her integrity, her growth, her expansion in this lifetime. And she made the extremely courageous decision to get a divorce, even though she was embarrassed, even though it would create tension at work, even though there was shame around the quick succession of events. This is facing your lessons, folks. This is breaking unhelpful patterns. She passed her satin return with flying colors. I was so impressed when I heard that story. And that's what I'm talking about, right? It's like, yeah, things might get uncomfortable. Things might be a little tricky, but how you show up for them is 100% up to you. And this goes for all transits, not just a certain return. Want to reach out to an ex during a Mercury retrograde? (laughs) Ask yourself, what is my intention? Am I just repeating an old pattern? Will this facilitate growth or put me back several steps? That goes the same for if an ex reaches out to you, or it doesn't have to be an ex. It can just be someone from your past reaches out to you. Ask yourself, am I just going to respond or am I going to break a pattern that I have with this person where they just like message me when they want to re-enter my life? Do I sound like I'm nagging you? I'm sorry. I, uh, speaking of Mercury retrograde, I want to tell you a little bit about what's happened for me this first week of the, of the grade of the retrograde. I've actually had a really great start to Mercury retrograde. And yes, I do have my hands on the wooden coffee table as I say that, but my intuition has been on fire. My meditations have been deep, but more so than deep, they've just been like really activated. Is that the word? I just feel like when I come out of them that I'm like super high vibing. I said to my mum on the phone the other day, I was like, I just feel so high. (laughs) And I did. I'd had these like really like insane intuitive hits that I was correct about. And I'd had this like all powerful meditation in the morning where a friend of mine had dropped into it randomly. And then I'd heard from him later that day. And I was like, whoa, you know, like just, it was moments like that. And I just felt really high, high vibrational, not, not the other high. The other thing that's come up this week, which is interesting when it comes to Mercury retrograde is my creative energy has been flowing. Now, Mercury retrograde is not a great time to create Um, especially if you are a communicator creative like I am writing. Um, I have found the opposite to be true with this particular um, retrograde. And I was sitting back and I was sort of uh, reflecting, which is what we do during a retrograde, um, and thinking, why is this happening? (laughs) Why am I so creative right now? And I realized it was because the creativity I was tapping into was intuitive it was an intuitive creativity I wasn't so much like sitting down and writing thousands and thousands of words 
as I was looking at, I'm writing a book at the moment, I was looking at it from a really big picture perspective, moving a few things around, filling potholes, not potholes, plot holes, filling plot holes, um, and also doing a little bit of editing. So Mercury retrograde is a really good time to review things. Right. So if you are a writer editing your work or or a photographer editing during a Mercury retrograde is really good if you feel like you don't have that creation power. But like I said, if you think of creativity from an intuitive perspective, we're actually really open to that right now. Why did I tell you that story? I told you that story because that is the most positive experience of Mercury retrograde I've had. Um, And I do tend to always look at the gifts of Mercury retrograde, but sometimes um, I can get caught up in the technology side of things. But I think what's been a defining factor is that I've really, really, really slowed my life down. My life is quite slow these days. Um, But also I've really wanted to bring awareness to you guys around the gifts of Mercury retrograde a lot more. And I think by even just sort of focusing on that and teaching that um I really started to embody that which is really really cool okay so going forward on this podcast if you choose to remain a listener I am encouraging less fear yeah less fear from me although I don't feel like I put a lot of fear into you but less fear from me and less fear from you guys less victim mindset more of an empowered, learning, growing, and evolving attitude. I have an upcoming workshop uh, called Embodying Your Natal Chart. I'm going to teach you how you can see the potential in your primal triad, so your sun, moon, and ascendant sign. We're going to go through what the aim of each sign is, what the strategy of each sign is, what the shadow of each side is. And the shadow doesn't mean the bad stuff. It's just the other side. It's the polarity of the light, right? We're also going to have a look at what the archetypes are for each sign, which is really cool because what I like to do is really embody those archetypes when I'm trying to lean into a certain placement. Then we're going to have a look at the function of the sun sign, the moon sign, and your ascendant and what that means not just in general, but in your day-to-day life. How can you use that function practically? It's like, great, you're an Aries. And yet, maybe you're a bit impulsive, probably a really good leader, perhaps a bit of a daredevil. But how does that positively contribute to your life? What benefit comes from leaning into your sun sign versus your moon sign versus your ascendant? We're going to also explore the houses and how they add incredible depth to your primal triad and how you can use all 12 houses to your advantage, even when you don't have planets in there. It's a two-hour workshop. I don't know how I'm going to get through it in two hours, but I'm going to give it a red hot go. The best bit of the workshop is, I've been calling it a PDF. It really is an ebook. Is the ebook that you get as part of the workshop. It gives explanations for all signs, planets, and houses. Those explanations are in my words. They're my take. So if you love this podcast, you're going to love this ebook. 
it will become a companion that you use outside of the workshop too. So when you're listening to the podcast and I'm talking about a particular sign, you can go and have a look at the ebook and be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it's going to be great. I can't wait. So if you want to join me for that workshop, the link is in the show notes or you can head over to Luna Lover's Instagram account at Luna double underscore a lover. Um, and you, how would you get to it there? Uh, the link in the bio of Instagram. Um, all right, my loves. It was a bit of a rogue episode. I get that. We will be back. When I say we, I mean me. I will be back next week. Uh, chatting all things Scorpio lunar eclipse which I'm so excited about I love a Scorpio eclipse um I think I said it did I say it to you guys no I think I said it in the subscriber episode but this is the last Scorpio eclipse we're going to get for a while right because we're moving off that Taurus Scorpio axis nodal axis um so let's savor the like oh deep penetrative transformational energy of it I cannot wait and I cannot wait to tell you guys about it in a really beautiful light because again there's a lot of like ooh-iness ooh-iness around that eclipse so we're going to have a look at it in a I want to say positive light but it's not about I just want to reiterate I'm not about like high vibes and positive thoughts only over here that's not what it's about of course there's shadow in everything I just want to make sure that when I'm giving you information about something that we are the takeaways we're taking away from it are not fear are not scarcity are not doom and gloom and we're looking at where the growth and the evolution is in it for us all right my loves i will be back next week have a beautiful rest of your week i'm jordana levine and you've been listening to luna lover the podcast up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 